Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me a powerhouse. She, she's a survivor. She's an author. She's a therapist. So you already know that she's going to talk about that good, good. I want to introduce to the world the Tasha Hunter. Welcome, Tasha. Welcome. Thank you so, so much for the opportunity to come on your show. It's a pleasure to have you. It's not often that I find somebody in my realm, in my world, um, especially to be on here to talk about the things that we need to talk about, especially in our community. So tell the world who you are and what you do. So I am a licensed clinical social worker here in North Carolina. I specialize in uh, working with caretakers, helpers, uh, high achievers. Uh, a lot of my clients are, coincidentally, uh, who have a history of childhood trauma. Hmm. And then I also work with women who have been diagnosed with infertility. Well, you're talking about a, a, a good population of people. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I opened my practice earlier this year and, um, it's a lot of us that are, that are coming out of the woodworks and getting the help we need. <laughs> I love that you say that because mm -hmm. I was literally watching, um, the neighborhood with Cedric the Entertainer last night and they went to a therapist and it was so funny cause I, I don't get a chance to watch TV that often. But even looking at the perception of them going to a marriage therapist and she wrote a book and the, he threw it in the trash because he's like, we don't do that. We don't talk about our feelings, you know, and it's interesting how we've normalized that, how we it's comedic, you know, that we we joke about it. We laugh about it. And then you have those of us who are unicorns who have then gone to be therapists and and want to talk about it. But I think that's because we want a healthy community. We want healthier families. You know, we look at the fact that this has been generational. This has been uh, something in our community where we pray and sing it away, and it's not going anywhere. You're exactly right. I often talk about um, back when Solange, her song Cranes in the Sky came out, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how often do, do we eat it away, you know, sleep it away, drink it away, mm -hmm. spend money. You know, we try to do all the sex it away. We, yep. we, we do all the things to get rid of the pain except for going to talk about it with somebody. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, yeah. it's, it, it hurts me because my daughter's now affected by it with conversion disorder. And who knew anything about conversion disorder until my daughter got it? I mean, I've been in mental health 20 years, never heard anything about it. And she literally yelled at the therapist and said, it's not trauma. I don't feel traumatized. Stop making it appear as though my life is so traumatic. And, you know, it was interesting to me because when she said that and all the work that I've done, she said something that rang true. We as a community are extremely resilient and trauma is subjective. So just because somebody hears that you've been through something, they always assume that we're traumatized behind it. But what they don't understand is that we're built different, that a lot of us endure things that we don't even perceive as trauma because it's normalized in our community. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about childhood trauma, we talk about infertility, a lot of us, that's just the way it's always been. I mean, right. as, as far as genetics is concerned, I always had a problem with my, my girl parts, you know, or pain in that area. My two daughters have the same thing. And we didn't know that we're not supposed to be in pain, that mm -hmm. it's not normal for us to feel pain because we have kind of normalized 
what has always happened to us in our community. Black people have always had to normalize that, right? We suffer in silence, historically, especially black women. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you know, b because there's this whole thing with us being strong black women, nobody's ever given us permission to expose our pain, to even process what that's like, to be taken seriously. We're silenced, we're diminished. And so as black women, we learn to just deal with it, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, whatever kind of pain we're dealing with, we don't talk about it. And also, here's the other thing. We grow up in communities where we're told what goes on in this house stays in stays this house. Stays in this house. And so I how dare you talk about it. I, I have taught anybody that knows me that if somebody says that to you, run or talk about it. Because if it's that statement alone tells you everything you need to know. Everything. Everything. It, I, I, I always joke that I see, you know, red flags. I, I, I swear I'm that person at a racetrack that has the checkered flag, but I'm always I'm waving red flags because I'm like, if somebody says, you know, that, you know, you should be kept or you should. Th there are certain phrases that just trigger me. And I'm like, er, 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 like, watch out. I heard that growing up. And luckily I had a mom that, you know, was a therapist that that kind of was like the. She was the one in the family that was like, okay, like enough is enough, mm -hmm. you know, but what we don't understand is that there are the things in our family that we know are trauma. And then there's the other things in our family that we don't even realize are traumas that we're passing on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when we dig deeper, we find out you talked about, you mentioned the whole generational thing. Mm. Oh, it's not just my mom and dad, mm -mm. my grandparents, mm -hmm. my great grandparents. There's this whole history of trauma. And then we've got this thing. It kind of exists in our bloodline. It's in our blood. It's in our DNA. Yep. And then Anika, then there's you and I, and we're these unicorns. We're like, okay, it stops here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, what's interesting. Cause right. even, you know, me and you were talking earlier and you said something that has rung true in my career. I've healed through my work. And, you know, when I first started working with vulnerable populations, I didn't understand why I was attracted to vulnerable populations. You know, I started my career with inmates, you know, working in the prison. And I was always empathetic. And they would always say, you know, you're not supposed to feel that way. You're not supposed to talk to inmates. And it's like, no, there's something about their position that's deeper than their circumstance. Mm -hmm. And so as I started working in case management and mental health, like even especially in addiction, mm -hmm. desperation is pain. Pain is trauma. Mm -hmm. Trauma manifests physically and mentally. And, and then my trauma became fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And nobody got it. People still don't get it. You know, mm -hmm. and, and I knew that I was a unicorn because I want to get it. I want to mm -hmm. understand. I want to understand where it comes from, why mm -hmm. it happens to us, who it happens to, because everybody doesn't get the same results. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have the same manifestations. So why us? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and then, you know, so now you're learning, you know, and still learning. How did this come about? And it's like your body is representing all the pain, all the trauma, 
that you've kept inside your body. It's it, in essence, it's speaking for you. Mm. And it screams loud mm-hmm. from the mountaintops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and even you mentioned your daughter. Uh, I've only worked with a couple of clients with conversion disorder, but I, I used to, you know, kind of explain it as that's your body speaking in ways that you could not. And even she can't talk. There are days when yeah. I know, I know about two weeks ago, I thought she had a stroke because her eyes, mm-hmm. she came downstairs, her eyes just did not look right. And she could not, mm-hmm. she could not, you could see the, the constriction in her throat mm-hmm. that she couldn't talk. And she said to me the other day, she said, mom, I'm not like you. I don't talk about my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I looked her dead in her face and I said, that is exactly the problem. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a and problem. It's going to be a journey. Yeah. It's going to be a journey. Uh, for her to learn how to give voice to all the things that she's kept inside. You just said give voice. And when everything <laughs> hidden, that pain, it's going to come out in one way or another. And I often tell my clients, your emotions demand only one thing, and that is to be voiced, to be spoken. That's all your emotions want. Yep. Is we'll to let me express myself. This is what I'm going through. This is how I feel. It's all. Yep. Yep. And, and so I want to ask you because you're, you're a therapist now and you have your own practice in North Carolina, which, you know, I have love for North Carolina, mm-hmm. but I want to ask, you've written a memoir. Yes. You got to break that down. Tell us a memoir because there's only certain women that can really just, you know, put a memoir down and, you sure. know, you know, Michelle Obama's one. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I, but but when immediately when somebody says a memoir to me I get this feeling in my heart that that means that you've got a story to tell so you got to break it down because that's that's something that that changes lives mm-hmm. so so I want you to tell us how and why that came about so a few years ago I I've always journaled. I've always written in one form or another since childhood. It was very cathartic to me. So for me, so I've always written. And a few years ago, I had this vision of women who were just like me, women who had experienced childhood trauma, sexual abuse, physical abuse, parental abandonment. That was my experience. And I, and I kind of envisioned women all over the world who like me lived with shame, (laughs) the stigma of all of that. I often say, I don't know a person in this world who has experienced child abuse and does not also simultaneously live with the shame of that. Mm -hmm. And that shame causes silence. So I wrote my book because I wanted to really tell the truth. about my trauma, but also, and when I say tell the truth, I think, I guess it's fair for me to go ahead and mention, so I'm a Christian, and in in reading Christian books, there's so many scriptures and what God says that it's really, I just want to know what you went through and how you made it out. Can you share your story of survival? Sure, talk about God, but tell me the real truth. Yeah, it's fine for you to tell me about David and for you to talk to me about Paul, but tell me about when you were at your breaking point and don't cover it up with scripture. Mm. (laughs) So I wanted to tell the real story, the real truth about what trauma looked like for me 
uh, I often say I was born in the wilderness <laughs> and my first language was pain. What does that look like? I so felt for it. me, right, for me, that was being 10 years old, already having my first experience of being sexually abused, physically abused, abandoned by uh, one of my parents, well, actually both, but then my mother got custody and that's a whole other issue. But by 10 years old, experiencing so much and walking to the bus stop and just saying to God, very matter of factly, can you bring me to heaven because I don't want to live anymore? At 10, walking to the bus stop, looking into the clouds and asking God, can you bring me to heaven? I'm done. And then at 21, I actually attempt to end my life through killing, through shooting myself. And at 21 years old, I'm a baby. I don't even, my life has not even begun at 21 years old. I don't even know who I am at 21. And I'm already ready to throw in the towel. And I said, okay, God, I have given you X amount of years. At 10 years old, I asked you to bring me to heaven. You did not. So let me show you what I'm about to do. And he said, and no, so, you're not. So I, sh I shoot myself. And according to the ER doc, the ER doc said, you know, the bullet went in. It should have mushroomed and destroyed all of your vital organs. We don't know what happened. Because it went in within an inch of your heart and it got stuck and traveled downward in your body. So I've got all the scars from where <laughs> they went in and, and, you know, retrieved it and, and whatnot. And so it didn't do what it was designed to do. And I'm in the military. I've shot many a gun. They don't usually fail. <laughs> no. <laughs> they, they don't usually. So when you ask what was the motivation for my book, can I talk about my experiences? Can I talk about how, because I was sexually abused and, and, and all of these other things, and, and I questioned my sexuality, and I had relationships with women, which I see absolutely no problem with, um, but can I talk about that and still talk about God in the same way? You know, can I talk about how I questioned my faith in God because of my childhood? So I needed a book that told the 100% truth about my experiences and still incorporated my faith. I did not leave God. God did not leave me. I'm very secure in who I am as a woman. <laughs> I'm very secure about my purpose. So I needed to tell the truth for other women. And, and I believe that my goal is to liberate other women from shame and the secrecy that we often experience and live through. We white knuckle it through life. We get our degrees, we work our jobs, we raise our families, we, you know, we attain all of our goals, we meet all of our objectives, but we're still suffering in silence. So I needed my book to be honest and, and so in hopes of liberating another one, if that makes any sense, you know. I'm just sitting here thinking about the honesty of trauma. Powerful. It doesn't lie. Yeah. And and you say liberate other women from shame and secrecy. There are so many people living in shame. Mm -hmm. And shame leads to fear. 
And mm-hmm. fear leads to lies mm-hmm. and lies lead to devastation because mm-hmm. it, it, you know, trauma is one of those things, you know, the trauma response, fight or flight, it prepares us for other things that are going to come ahead. And you have so many people that tuck their trauma away and put it mm-hmm. somewhere, but it's a skill mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. It's a tool. Mm-hmm. It's an alarm system. It lets us know danger, danger, like something's going to happen. And you got so many people that are living in secrecy and living lies and living fear. And I mean, even you've got, I've learned over the last couple of years in my journey that you've got people living in marriages and things and their kids don't even know, like, that's not their father. This isn't the right. first marriage. I mean, you've, mm-hmm. this, the secrets are mm-hmm. so huge. Mm-hmm. And, and you're talking about honesty and faith and purpose. And I'm just thinking like, who doesn't want to be liberated? Right. Yeah, exactly right. And, and I work with so many women who, and talk to so many women who are like, I wish I could write a book, but I'm, I'm concerned about my family. I don't want to hurt my family. I, I feel that. I, I feel that. And you know what? It's taken me years to be able to, you, you use the word that I use all the time that not many of us use, permission. Mm-hmm. I have endorsed my truth mm-hmm. and I have given myself permission to own my truth. And in order for me to own it and to heal and to forgive, it means that I can't worry about how it affects others. We spend so much of our time and our lives protecting everybody but us. Yep. And in the last five months, I got, I'm different. <laughs> I, I, I woke up and I love me. I found mm-hmm. me. I like spending time with me. I wake up at four now and five and my husband looks at me. He's like, why are you up? Cause it's me time. Like the earlier I can get up, the longer the kids can sleep. Because I remember there were years that I hid behind being a mom. I hid behind being a single mom. I found pride in everything that didn't have to do with me, with my mm-hmm. pain, with my shame. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it wasn't even my shame. It was the shame of how the world perceived me, mm-hmm. especially Absolutely. as a black single mom, mm-hmm. because I must be not worthy if I'm not married or whatever. I mean, I've heard it all. And even going in job interviews and hearing, I literally had a supervisor say to me, I'm not going to promote you because you're with him. Mm. And, And I earned that. At 28, I was like, but I'm almost an assistant warden. And you're telling me that you're not going to hire me because who I have children by? Mm-hmm. They literally said that to me, and that was the first wake up call. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the mm-hmm. the woke call. Yep. yep. But we get those calls through our seasons. Mm-hmm. But the world instills that shame in us yep. because we're not even ingrained in having it on our own because we're survivors. Right. You survive that bullet, and mm-hmm. nobody can ever explain why. Right. And despite your desires and your wants to go to heaven, mm-hmm. you got a purpose to push and it's not your That's time. It. That's it. That's exactly it. And, and so then it's like, once I survived, I'm like, can I, use my, <laughs> can I use my pain? Can I use my pain 
for a greater purpose. What else can you do? You can't even be That's sad it. anymore. It's like, okay, you have hit the epitome of sad and that didn't work. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I laugh because there's, you know, mm -hmm. I've heard people say I can't even commit suicide right. I've heard people <laughs> tell me that. They're, they're like, yeah. you know, I'm down and out. I'm depressed. I'm in that black hole and I yeah. can't even commit suicide. Like, right. I tried it and failed. And it's like, yeah. when you fail at that, then what? Then you go up. That's it. There's nowhere to go but up. And it's just interesting because every time we're down, we think, okay, well, you know, it can't get any worse. Mm -hmm. Why not take control of it and make it better? Mm -hmm. I, I got to the point where, you know, I kept waiting for the ball to drop, but now I'm bouncing it. I'm like, bump that. Oh, I'm, that's powerful. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, let's shoot. Let's shoot. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, as I told you earlier, it's preparation. Like we, mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna tell you, I used to want to punch people in the face every time they would say, "God can't give you, He won't give you anything mm. to handle." I hated mm -hmm. that phrase. Ooh, ooh. same. Because the people that used to say it were the people that had no adversity, right? And it's like you sitting here looking at me, just waiting for me to fail, waiting for me to crumble, and and you're uttering these words when I could just like make you swallow them. Mm -hmm. Now I understand that mm -hmm. everybody is not called to suffer mm -hmm. because suffering leads to success. And if you don't have the test, mm -hmm. you already know the rest. That's it. So I just, I don't know. You know, I sit and, and I don't know too many therapists, honestly, I sat and looked for therapists for me, my daughter, and my other daughter mm -hmm. because there are certain things that I am very specific about. Mm -hmm. I don't do, I'm multicultural with almost everything. But mm -hmm. when it comes to a therapist, mm -hmm. you need to have somebody that looks like you, mm -hmm. that understands your pain, and that can lead you to a path of mm -hmm. healing. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank you for saying yes, because there is not a bigger mission and you are a veteran. There's right. no bigger mission than healing someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I love about it is that as a black woman and my practice is, I would say 98% people of color or black people, um, when they look at me, they know that they're talking to somebody who gets it, that's been through it. Often my clients want to know, have you felt what I felt? Have mm -hmm. you been through what I've been through? And so many of their experiences, I've experienced the same. When we talk about feeling unsafe in our communities and in society, they can look at me and know that I get it. So when we talk about generational trauma and the secrecy in our families and, and how we, you know, in our family sweep things under the rug, they understand and know that I get it. They're looking at me and I, you know, and so we have that, that uh, it's kind of like a deeper relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's important to kind of get help from people that look like you. Mm -hmm. That representation, we talk about, you know, in, in, in our field, we talk about the importance of representation. It really is important. Yes. I need to know 
I all, here's the other thing. I can't really respect you if I don't know your pain point. I don't, I can't. <laughs> Thank you. I can talk to somebody and, and hear their pain point. What have you been through? Because if you hadn't been through anything, what do we have in common? And you know what? That's That was part of my issue with the therapeutic process is that, you know, as a therapist, when I was working in, in treatment centers and such, you know, they tell you, be very scarce of with your experiences. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, lies. When is the field going to change? Because mm -hmm. you can maintain an authoritative wall and a therapeutic respect. Mm -hmm. Still, you know, telling some of your story. Building rapport is That's something it. that people do not understand. And I swear, I could write a class on rapport building. I actually thought yeah. about it. Because mm -hmm. the, the, the key to building rapport, there's, there's one key. Mm -hmm. be real that's it a vulnerable person is one of the smartest people you will ever meet in your life mm -hmm. people in pain are their their awareness is is mm -hmm. is real i mean they're aware of their surroundings they're aware of where they've been where they want to go what they smell mm -hmm. what they see what they hear what they feel what you feel mm -hmm. and people literally they they <laughs> They just, they, they, they misjudge people. Mm -hmm. And, and my problem with the process is that the process is not designed to help us mm -hmm. and the ethical and the theoretical mm -hmm. history, it needs to evolve with the times because mm -hmm. the things that we're experiencing and the field is about to see that, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm in developmental psychology and the reason I'm in it is because development's changing. That's why yeah. we have autism. We have all these things because mm -hmm. the field is not in alignment with what's happening in our world. I mean, mm -hmm. I got notes right here. Global pandemics, biologic, genetic encoding, family support, community support. We've been, been stripped of the things that we use to maintain mental wellness. I mean, we right. don't have community support. We can't have group therapy. We can't do half the things right. that we know to do to be okay. Right. So things need to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and so when you talk about communities, like, you know, marginalized communities, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're getting it even, you know, all of that, yep. this whole pandemic is traumatic for them because like you said, all the things that they used to do to cope, you can't and, do. And trauma doesn't discriminate because it's it traumatic doesn't. for everybody. You it got is. people people's traumas are so there's it's varied now and i i hate to say that i like it or appreciate it it's not that i like it or appreciate it but one of the things that has always bothered me is that people think ptsd only pertains to veterans that i am on a mission to educate the world mm -hmm. about trauma and the fact that post-traumatic stress disorder has to do with trauma not war there is a huge mm -hmm. difference and mm -hmm. everybody i'm talking child traumas. Mm -hmm. I wrote my thesis on childhood trauma and the effects of interpersonal relationships in adulthood because trauma mm -hmm. does not only affect your romantic relationships, it affects your relationship with your job, with mm -hmm. the community, with your neighbor, with your kids, mm -hmm. with people you don't even know yet, with the mm -hmm. way you see the world. It affects your relationship with yourself, it does. your relationship with your body, your relationship mm -hmm. with your mind. It affects every relationship that you have. And we have got to wake up and pay attention because mm -hmm. whether we want to or not, it's being forced upon us. Yep. So the time is now. I, I, I don't know. You just, 
You just make me happy. <laughs> you, you get it. You get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's and it's interesting how you said it, you know, how trauma affects everything. And I used to think the same way that PTSD was reserved for the military when I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we learn about medical trauma Ugh. and church trauma. And, 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 and it's so many different types. I got all of those. Go ahead. You keep naming. I got the church trauma. I stayed away 10 years, 10 years and barely yeah. went back. You know, because yeah. I said I can have a relationship with God outside of that building because that building yeah. is associated with people who need to go read the Bible and really learn about Jesus because they're back right. out here passing judgment on people who are coming That's here it. for sanctity. And don't get me started. That's a whole church trauma. Let me write that one down. Job trauma, mm. the bullying and intimidation and the harassment that happens on our jobs every day, the racism on our jobs, the sexism on our jobs being That's passed nice. over for positions being judged unfairly, you know, for positions that we are usually overqualified for, you know, and how that impacts us. That part. There's so many different types of trauma. You're exactly right. And, and whether we, whether we consider it trauma depends on the person experiencing it. Exactly. And that's why I say it is subjective. I get so mm -hmm. tired of people telling me, oh, you've experienced so much trauma. Watch your mm -hmm. mouth, because mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I've experienced, I don't consider traumatic. Right. You may, mm -hmm. but it's not nearly as bad as some other stuff. And so right. I count some of it as blessings because mm -hmm. it has taught me what I need to know to be better. So, right. you know, it, it just annoys me because you got people who, who sit there and want to, you know, be your Band-Aid or, mm -hmm. or whatever, because like you said, they're judging and they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're looking from their lens into mm -hmm. your world to determine what your worth is mm -hmm. based on Absolutely. where you've been and where you're going. And, and, and you even talk about the job. One of the reasons why I'm an entrepreneur is because I got tired of that judgment. You know, I walk in a job, it doesn't have anything to do with who I'm sleeping with, where I've been, how many kids I got, and whether I'm married or not. You need to That's be looking right. at my resume to figure out where I got my degree from, how many right. degrees I have, and what I can do for you. Right. Sorry, yep. you done got my blood boiling. <laughs> So that's, you know, we go through all of that. We go through all of that. And I loved how you said, you know, how trauma affects how we relate to ourselves, our relationships with our bodies, ourselves, others, platonic relationships, romantic relationships, our relationship with God and faith and whether we believe or don't believe. It affects all of that. And each one of those things you name are things that I talked to, are topics that I discussed in my book. Because again, I needed to tell the true story of how each, you know, was impacted. You know, I'm gonna have to bring you back because we need to talk about something that, you know, is a whole podcast in itself. And that is trauma and spirituality. Because mm -hmm. I love the way that you described your memoir. You said that you needed to be real despite you know, mm -hmm. your faith. You got mm -hmm. so many people who think that they do not coexist. And, mm -hmm. and it just bothers me because literally somebody this morning called me to tell me that I need to pray my daughter's pain away. Mm -hmm. And to assume that I'm, I haven't been praying, mm -hmm. it annoys me, but prayer without works is dead. Right. And so we have this, especially in the Christian community, mm -hmm. we have to do the work and stop mm -hmm. thinking that everything is just, you know, because honestly, I get mm -hmm. so frustrated. You got a lot of people who use that as a excuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. or they mm-hmm. hide behind. They I'm going to pray for they you, do. knowing they lie and they're going to do whatever mm-hmm. they're going to do and they did not bend yeah. the knee. But mm-hmm. we've, we've got to break the curses mm-hmm. because they're curses, they're spells, they're being passed mm-hmm. on from mm-hmm. generation to generation, from family to family, from, you know, whatever to whatever. But we have got to educate, empower, and equip each other, mm-hmm. our children, our families. You know, I, I never had an interest in family therapy or anything like that until I got married this time. And I realized that my trauma and other people's traumas are breaking up mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not society. It's not the individuals. It's the perception mm-hmm. of what's happening within the family unit. It's the mm-hmm. perception of especially our black families. It's the mm-hmm. perception that we're not, you know, that it's okay. The divorce is yep. 50%, you know, so yep. no big deal if we get divorced and all this. And I told my husband, I was like, I signed up for this one for life. So you That's better it. figure it out. You better go get help. I'm going to get yep. help for me, for them, for you, for whoever. And you need to go do it too until we figure this thing out to do it right. Because mm-hmm. the misconception is that we don't deserve to have mm-hmm. a family or be a unit. And that, it's perfect or mm-hmm. that it doesn't take work or that healing, you know, happens before you get, you know, you got all these people, mm-hmm. these perceptions that, that you, you can't heal and, and coexist and have mm-hmm. a healthy relationship, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That it has to be one or the other, that, that it has to be one or the other. And, and if you're praying and, and seeking God and reading your Bible and all of these things, well, you don't really need to go to therapy because, because Jesus is, you know, the great counselor. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that's how we, you know, increase mental illness. That's yes. how we die. We're still in pain and all of these things because we're believing, well, you know, well, God will take care of it. But, you know, I just believe for me, everybody believes differently, but, but I believe that, that when the Bible says that we are the hands and feet, As I said earlier, God uses people. Right. So, so we're an extension. We're an extension. Branches. And so, so God in me, I'm able to do the work and each of us are the hands and feet and we're supposed to do the work. So while it's nice that you want to pray, thank you, but can you listen while I process what I'm going through without inserting your own self? making it about you without criticism, judgment, you know, any of that without making excuses, discounting my pain. Can I teach you how to show up for me? Do you know how to show up for me? Because that's also a way that we are the hands and feet. I'm writing that down. Teach you how to show up. Yeah. We need to learn how to show up for each other. If you see that I'm dealing with some things medically or emotionally or whatever, some different, you know, issues within my family can you make a meal for the family or or come cut my grass or you know actually show up and i feel like i need to teach a class on teaching people how you show up for others yes because you don't show up by texting me that you're going to pray for me or telling me that i need to pray that's the worst i'll, I'll take the the earlier over the latter yes yeah. it's yeah. offensive and i don't think people yeah. even think 
you know, before. And like you said, we are the branches. We are we the are. Feet. we are the vessels. We are the vehicles. I'm a I'm a Tesla. No, just kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to love say it. my my love son it. is in love with Teslas and it's yeah. I was like, which am I? But it's mm-hmm. the truth. And we all look different. We have different approaches, mm-hmm. but we are all here to help. And I just, yeah, I, yeah. I know we're going to wrap it up because I'll talk to you forever. Yeah. So I just want you mm-hmm. to tell um, listeners where to find you, where to find mm-hmm. your book and any last words that you have for them. Sure. Uh, for anybody that wants to follow on social media, you can find me at Instagram at Tasha Hunter, LCSW. I share uh, topics about my book, therapy topics. A lot of it deals with trauma, self-esteem, grief, you name it. I cover a lot of topics there. Uh, and if you want to buy my book, my memoir is titled What Children Remember. And it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, anywhere eBooks are sold. And I'm going to actually grab it um, so that you can see what it looks like. I'm sorry. I'm actually and here is the book what children remember and so that's for anybody that is is looking for it um yeah and thank you for having me on this is more than a pleasure I mean this is just the beginning of something great I'm so excited I'm so grateful for you and that you are here to grace us with your your presence your experience your heart your soul it's just you're just you're just you're such a testimony so thank you for being here I appreciate it. All right, listeners, thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. As always, stay powerful.